Welcome to the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs show, a safe place for women to heal and grow, where we discover our value, share our tears as we go through the hard times and rise up as we become empowered to meet our challenges head on. Today's guest, Lois Wagner, will move you from victim through survivor to thriver and beyond to freedom after facing a life or business challenge or adversity. Based in Johannesburg, South Africa, she will be sharing events and lessons from her own story, moving through her fear into forgiveness to freedom using resilience, grit, a growth mindset and forgiveness. Lois Wagner, your friend for forgiveness, is an accomplished speaker, storyteller, mentor, inspirer, learning, training facilitator, and empowering coach through her program using the acronym SMILE, which stands for S stands for speaker, M stands for mentoring, I stands for inspiring, L stands for learning, facilitation, and E stands for empowering coaching. You can Lois's come back book, anytime you are in a, a safe place to listen to, to the rest of the podcast. Is part Your safety is the most important thing to consider. From fear to forgiveness to freedom. Lower your guard and open your heart to change as we welcome Lois to share her smile with us as she takes you on a journey of healing. Today's episode is proudly brought to you by the How to Increase Your Self-Worth to Increase Your Net Worth online workshop. This workshop is here to help anyone who is healing their life after being hurt, to rediscover the treasures that lie within themselves, and to help them find their feet again, to be able to move confidently in the direction of a rich and rewarding life. To find out more, to manifest an abundant life, and to sign up for the next workshop, go to Sandy's Keys to Success at sandyj.com.au. Hello, Lois. Welcome. Thank you so much for coming on to the show today. Each person I talk to on the show has something unique to offer and has their own self set of experiences which speak to different listeners based on the listeners' experiences. And this, I'm sure, will be the case with you when we get to get into your story. Can you just please start off by sharing a bit about yourself and what you do and perhaps, you know, your backstory, which has brought you to this place in your life now? Well, hi, thank you so much for having me on your show. I call myself Lois, your friend for forgiveness, because I really believe that forgiveness is the solution to so many problems. Uh, and I invite everybody to come and smile with me. So I use the acronym SMILE to describe what I do. So the S is I'm a, a speaker and storyteller. I'm a published author and a TEDx speaker. M is for mentoring um, at that age when I've got lots of wisdom to share. The I is inspiring. The L is I'm a learning facilitator, training. And the E is I'm an empowering coach. 
So I say, come and smile with Lois. And I've always been in the corporate space until two years ago when I moved into the personal development space and the healing space. And that is just because my life's journey has taken me <laughs> to where I am now. So I've been a trainer and a coach for so many years in the corporate world. And now I work with, with, with people who face some kind of trauma, not necessarily sexual trauma, but some kind of major challenge or adversity. And I help take them on their healing journey till they find freedom. Mm, wonderful. So my backstory is uh, I was, uh, many years ago now, I was working, I had a, a printing business in partnership and I was working late one night, my partner had gone on leave and I was working in the, the courtyard of my printing business and a stranger jumped over the wall, eight foot wall, jumped over the wall, attacked me. I fought him, but I didn't fight <laughs> strong enough. He then raped me, tied me up and left me for dead. And it also goes back in the day when the word rape was never discussed in polite circles. You know, obviously way before the Me Too movement. And, and so it was like, wow, not only the fact that it happened, but that it happened to me. <laughs> you know, it was just, it was just horrifying, obviously, mm. anyway. But it was just because you didn't hear of it happening to anybody. And so I became very, very angry and I became an activist. <laughs> and I, I led marches and I lobbied and petitioned and I wanted to change the world. Uh, but life took over and I put that to bed. It re-emerged again in 2004 to become an activist. And then again, life took over and now it's re-emerged two years ago. <laughs> so that is basically the backstory of, of why I do what I do. Wow. Well, thank you so much for being so candid about what you've experienced and also what how that acted as a catalyst for you to then speak up about this issue and and speak out about it um it's not something it's not a comfortable conversation to have for anybody because you're talking about something that's very private and um, and people don't know how to have conversations like that. I think that we're not very well equipped in society to be having deep and meaningful conversations much of the time about the things that go on behind closed doors or out of, out of sight because that was what your experience was and you were in a very... What would normally be quite a secure place for you in your workplace and I'm sure never in a million years would you have thought that something like that would happen to you in that space and um, this is just you know one of those uh, there are lots of misconceptions I think when it comes to rape about um, who it happens to how it happens you know, and um, it's, I think that having these conversations where 
people like yourself, Lois, who are prepared to be vulnerable and say, this happened to me and this is, you know, where and when it happened. And um, to break down some of those misconceptions that people have um, to say that, you know, it is never, it is never a victim's fault that this happens. And, um, and it can be just completely, completely out of the blue. You're not, you know, it's not nothing that you've invited. It's nothing that you've asked for. You haven't asked for any advances to be made on you and by somebody that you don't know. And, um, and how then, after something like that has happened, how then do you move forward in your life? Like that pivotal moment, how has that changed you from the person that you were prior to that happening to the person that you are after that happens? It's a journey and everybody's journey is very different and uh, we all go through the same steps if you like even though the journey is different so I, I've sort of drawn up a model of how I see the journey based on my own experiences so you become a victim and and as a victim you you filled with hatred and fear and disgust and blame and guilt and all of those things especially when it's a, a date rape or a date or a rape where you were maybe dressed very sexily and you were flirting with the boys you've got a lot of guilt and you blame yourself for for what happened and so all of these emotions sit within the victim mode and it's important that you actually acknowledge that victim state you know so many people say oh get over it time will heal and all these platitudes that really don't help um, you need to, to stay in victim mode for a little while, not too long, <laughs> and, and, and literally um, experience each of those emotions. But what happened with me, because I was so angry, the very night I decided I was going to change the world, <laughs> and I became that activist so, as soon as I was healthy enough because I was badly injured. Um, but as soon as I was up on my feet, I became this activist. And I went straight into what the next stage is, which is survivor mode. And, and survivor is where you make a meaning of what happened and it's trying to be, you know, get your life back into some kind of order. And, and so I became the survivor. And I've, I forget how long it was now, but I was doing all this public work straight away because I thought if it happened to me, who else is it happening to? that's not talking about it because nobody talked about it. We did have one case in South Africa that was headline news. It was dreadful where two Satanists had brutally attacked this woman and uh, stabbed her something like uh, 30 something times in the stomach and severed her head and she survived. So of course she made front page news, but that was such an extreme case that people couldn't relate to it because that was extreme. These ordinary, what I call an ordinary rape, um, people just didn't talk about it, okay? So I was helping bring this awareness to, to, to the public and I became the this, this survivor immediately. Mm -hmm. um, and 
I advise people not to do that. <laughs> I advise them to stay in victim a little bit longer. Because what happened in my case, I um, because I was the survivor and hadn't dealt with those emotions, about two years later, I couldn't get out of bed one day. And my leg and back had just given up. Went to the doctors, had x-rays and scans, and they said, no, I had to have a back operation. So I went in, had a back operation. It failed. Had a second back operation a couple of weeks later. It failed. The doctors sent me home with a home nurse. I was completely incapable of taking care of myself. And uh, they said, the, the surgeon said to me that, I would never do my two loves again, which were scuba diving and hiking because I couldn't carry a backpack on, on my back. So I went home, lay in bed for six months. Oh, worries me, life is dreadful. And my sister, who, was, who unfortunately is no longer with us, but she was an alternative healer. And she came to me one day and she just said to me, um, it's all in your head. There's nothing wrong with you. You are not facing your problems and you're putting them behind you. You're putting them behind you and you're putting them behind you and your back has collapsed because it can't carry that anymore. And in addition, a doctor friend of mine who had been out of the country at the time came and he looked at my x-rays and scans and he was a back specialist and he just said, I would never have operated. Mm -hmm. So... What, what the conclusion was, was that when I became this activist so soon after the, the event, um, I wasn't facing those emotions. I was putting them behind me. Everybody was saying to me, Lois, you're so brave, you're so strong, you're so brave, we're so proud of you, you're so strong, you're so brave. Look at me, I'm so brave, mm. I'm so strong. And what I really needed to do was say, oh, look at me, I'm so weak. And so lying in bed, I could honor those emotions and I could feel those emotions and I could deal with those emotions. So what I did was some head work. <laughs> so I went inside, did some healing, um, some sort of mental healing and spiritual healing. And uh, I went for eight chiropractic treatments and I did a five-day trail with a 29-kilogram backpack on my back. That's fantastic. That is wonderful. I can so relate to what you're talking about. And I talk about the, you know, manifestation of pain and physical problems as a result of the things that we're either, you know, suppressing or um, not able to process. And our bodies are very good at telling us that we need to pay attention to something that's deeper than this physical problem, the symptom that we're experiencing. And I'm very familiar with um, chronic back pain. And during that time that I was in an abusive relationship, I suffered from really like just terrible chronic back pain and I knew and I would say to you know doctors and specialists I would say 
this is all exacerbated. This pain is all exacerbated by the stress that I'm under. I know that the stress is one of my triggers. I am in a hypervigilant state all the time. My nervous system has no, you know, no respite. I have no time to actually rest in myself or relax. And I am just this ball of tension and all of this is coming out in me physically and um and I knew that I was not feeling supported in my life and that is the reason why it was all manifesting in my back because your back supports you and if you're not feeling supported in life that's where it's going to start manifesting so I just completely resonate with, you know, the way that you have just described what your experience and what you went through and what you needed to do. And I really appreciate that you acknowledge those different stages of the journey that we go through. And, and it's a bit like grief, you know, when if we don't allow ourselves to grieve when we've lost something, that it'll start manifesting in our life. We can't sort of escape it. You know, we can't, we can't just bypass the, the step because, because other things are happening in our lives which are making us feel as though we can't deal with it right now. And that could very well be the case. And for you, you were like, I need to stand up. I need to be strong and therefore... I can't give my time and attention to caving into my need to heal from being completely vulnerable and having this terrible thing happen to me. Um, so it is really important to speak about this journey that we are all on when we have been through these traumatic experiences and I was very, very good at putting on this mask and pretending that everything was okay. But, you know, underneath the surface, it was, you know, I, I did a pretty good job of convincing myself that I could carry on without processing the, the pain and processing the challenges and um what it was doing to me mentally and emotionally and physically and it's understandable when you're at a certain point in especially for a victim who's a, who's coming out of an abusive relationship they don't have a chance to even really immerse themselves in that part of the healing journey until they feel safe and I think that is another reason why a lot of victims will actually bypass that part and jump straight into survivor mode because they have to wait to feel like they're actually feeling some sort of safety in their life again, which can take a time. So um, I hope that gives some context to the listeners to say, if you've jumped steps like Lois and I have, there are reasons why you will have done that and don't feel bad because we're all just doing the best job that we possibly can with what we know at the time and the types of support that we have in place at the time. Um, it's not easy. And I, I really 
love and appreciate that you have illustrated that this journey is not an easy one to be on. It's not for the faint-hearted, is it, Lois? And also, if you don't deal with those emotions, you the triggers keep coming, you know. Um, 10, 5, 20 years later, something similar happens to you or to somebody else and it triggers you and you bring back all those dreadful feelings and emotions. But if you've actually handled and dealt with them, you stop those triggers, they don't come back. Um, and so that first phase of just dealing with those emotions, it's essential, it's absolutely essential. Absolutely, absolutely. So from that point onwards, so you, you were talking about the back pain and and how that manifested and then how, how that realisation came to you that you needed to start doing that inner work. Can you just walk me through that part of your journey a bit and just let, let us know what that looked like for you the inner work is really accepting those emotions whatever they are the anger the hatred it doesn't matter what emotion you feel it's important that you accept that emotion and then deal with that emotion it's there for a purpose so you need to first sit with it feel it understand the benefit because there's a benefit to that emotion um, and and get to understand what it's doing for you and then what it's doing to you how it's harming you because those emotions are what cause your stress and the physical symptoms as well so you need to actually uh, work through it so if you're angry i've got a a life-size dummy that you can dress up and you can beat with a cushion <laughs> to get rid of anger. Um, so you need to really feel those emotions and put it on a scale, understand how the intensity of that emotion. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the same as if we talk about visualization and visualization is such an accepted uh, uh, product today. You visualize your future, you visualize your, your home and your husband and your career and all of those things. Why don't we envision our emotions? So I say start with that emotion and really feel it, describe it in using all your senses. The, the, uh, what does it look like? It looks like uh, rotten, I don't know. <laughs> what does it feel like? It feels like burning in my stomach. It sounds like nails scraping on a blackboard. Really express that feeling in all the emotions, describe its intensity. So maybe you hate initially, then we say, now let's bring it down. Let's move it from hatred to maybe dislike. You know, maybe you'll never love the person <laughs> that you, you don't want to hate because hate is such a negative emotion. Mm. So you want to bring it down to, to dislike or maybe a bit further to acceptance. So you work through those emotions, slowly bringing them down and then visualize how you would like to feel mm. and create a vision board create a, a yes. picture of what it looks like it looks like the sun shining it looks like it sounds like birds tweeting and 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 smells like uh, freshly baked bread whatever it, for you the meaning how you would like to feel and get get those visualizations of your emotions write an affirmation uh, do all of those things that we do for the physical things in our lives do it for your emotions as well 
and it's fun <laughs> and uh, put it up there put it on your wall my alarm clock in the morning is my affirmation <laughs> it wakes me up every morning and so you you need you, you need these things just to keep you focused on the positive yeah yeah absolutely and um, I agree with that and I love you know that emphasis on coming back to the positive and I don't know about you Lois but I remember there was you know I had a really hard time for a while being able to envisage anything good for my life because you know I was just so hurt and I could not see past being in survival mode and you know that all of the the fear was basically still enveloping me and um and so if you ask me to visualize like something good or something positive at that that point in my life I found it really difficult to do that but I think these tips that you've given are really helpful because if you're engaging your senses it helps you to actually really engage with this whole visualization process and break it down and make it much more accessible. So if you can use your senses, as you said, to say, well, what does happiness look like? Is it a smile? Can you see yourself smiling? Can you see yourself throwing your head back and laughing and doing all of those sorts of things? And once that becomes tangible, then you can start really imagining that to be something that's within your reach because when you're in that space of um, of being really hurt and being held back by the fear and it's all completely natural because we're actually designed, aren't we, just to protect ourselves and so we don't want to open ourselves up in case the next thing that we open ourselves up to is going to be something that's going to hurt us again or hurt us more so um having this little step approach like you've suggested is fantastic because it helps you to just gain confidence to be able to open up to attract more of what you really want instead of what you don't want into your life so it's a yeah wonderful wonderful strategy I would really love to know I'm really keen to know about you doing some work with boys to help them to be brave to fight toxic masculinity and gender-based violence can you tell us a little bit about that Lois you know, I work now with people who are in the victim phase and they need to move through to survive and thrive and beyond. And I suddenly thought, why am I helping people to recover? We should stop it happening in the first place. Yeah, <laughs> and absolutely. So, and as you may realize that I like the I like acronyms. <laughs> so I've come yeah. up with the acronym BRAVE. And if we can teach people the values of BRAVE, we can ultimately eradicate or at least reduce the incidence of gender-based violence. So BRAVE, it started off, it's growing as I'm working with it, but it started off with B was boundaries. If you know your boundaries and can accept your boundaries and those of your partner um, and, and then respect those, those boundaries is the R. 
The A is agreement, consensus, everything. The V is values and vulnerabilities, speak out. Um, and, and E is uh, empower yourself and equality. But it's grown, uh, uh, B also now stands for bystander, and I've really developed the acronym a lot more. But it's just values that if we can teach those values to our teenagers, to our, even our younger children, and it's boys and girls, because girls can be, in South Africa, we had two incidences last month, where one girl was bullying another girl very badly, and this girl committed suicide. Mm -hmm. And in another incidence, a, a, a school principal took away a cell phone from a girl, and she grabbed him by his masculine parts. Um, a schoolgirl to a teacher or to a principal, it's just unacceptable behavior. Mm -hmm. So toxic behaviors are not only masculine they're feminine as mm, well mm. and so we need to teach these values to everybody and unfortunately most people do have them but there's that large percentage that don't have them and those are the ones who commit these atrocities and we we have to get get them while they're young and mm. teach them these these things um and get into homes where where you know the, the old-fashioned way of upbringing uh, we need to get into those homes and teach those men and and women how to bring up their children so. yeah it's a really really interesting times that um, we're going through at the moment and I think there there have been a lot of changes in the way in which um, children are raised these days and I think that their uh, attitudes are quite different in young people today to um, say the last generation or a couple of generations before them. And there's absolutely no dispute that the younger generation are growing up in a very complex world. And um, I think do believe that they really need so much encouragement to um, to be strong. And when you say what the qualities of, of brave are, well, these are absolutely the qualities that young people need to have because they actually have a a big responsibility that which awaits them as they go into adulthood in terms of the world in which they will be living in and um and if they don't if they're lacking these qualities which you know um make them instead to be uh narcissistic or self-absorbed individuals then um yeah, then it's troubling times ahead. So I think it's wonderful that you are trying to engender these these qualities and teach these qualities to to young people because they need it more than they know. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. All right. So. Just from your, I mean, we've talked about a lot about this 
abuse and and around the subject of rape but you've also experienced betrayal in your business I believe do you want to talk a bit about that because I'm just interested because I think you've got so much self-awareness Lois that you will know if there is some relationship to your healing journey as to, you know, this betrayal that's happened again and how you're processing it. We don't have to spend a long time talking about this. I'm just curious as to whether that's sort of interconnected with, you know, the rest of the journey or whether you see it as being something quite separate. Well, you know, it's, it's as I said earlier, whatever you faced, uh, whatever trauma, adversity, or challenge you face, you go through the same kind of journey. So um, you you become that victim. You you get the resilience. You become the survivor. From the survivor, you go to thriving. But and so it happened the same in the business. Uh, it was in the business where I was raped, and I didn't want to stay there anymore. And my partner, my business partner, agreed to buy me out. And instead of doing that, he, behind my back, put the business into liquidation. Mm -hmm. I came to work one day and it was all closed. (laughs) It was just what? (laughs) And so um, it was a very deep betrayal. I lost everything, went deep into debt. uh, I had to go back into the corporate world, get a job again. And that's, that's also what interfered with my activism because I had to survive. I had to make a living. I had to get a job. Um, and so, yeah, so there was some overlapping between the two. What was caused, one actually almost caused the other. Yeah. Um, but the journeys are separate. You, you go through, and you go through the same thing. You go through that victim. Oh, he betrayed me. Oh, you know, he's, he's this and he's that. And what did I do wrong? And where did I go wrong that I allowed him to do that? And so you go through all of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was that hatred. I hated him for what he had done to me. So you go through all the same emotions, you've got to deal with the same emotions, you've got to come out the other side a survivor. But knowing that surviving is still a struggle. Surviving is not, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I'm a survivor. You're still, a, you're still struggling at that phase and you need yeah. to move beyond, beyond yes. surviving. Yeah, so, yeah. when yeah. you're thriving, you, you know, you're walking in freedom and that's very empowering to be in that space to know that you're back in control of your life again can I ask you about your take on forgiveness because you know I think forgiveness is um is a big concept for victims and survivors to wrap their heads around because um it's not just that ability to be able to forgive the abuser for what they've done, but it's also that understanding that you also need to forgive yourself of certain things as well. And perhaps if you've got faith in God or a higher being, you might have been very angry towards God for not allowing that to happen to you or you know like there's forgiveness it's not just one thing is it all you know what's your take on forgiveness Lois well forgiveness is all about you it's not about the other person 
And that's the first concept that people struggle with. That, you know, to use a simple example, you're driving to work and somebody cuts you off um, and you nearly have an accident and he goes off and you, ah, you're swearing and shouting and your blood pressure goes up and you're so angry and he's driven off and he doesn't even know that he's hurt or upset you. And you carry that angst for the next six hours or so and you're all angry and you go back to work and say, oh, this man nearly wrote me off. And what is that serving you? It's not serving you at all. So if you can forgive him, you're breaking that bond that is tying you to that situation. And that's all it is. It's breaking that bond and it's liberating you from those feelings and those emotions mm -hmm. that is keeping you there. And it's so important to understand that when you are in victim mode and when you are suffering from those angry, painful emotions, you're in no position to forgive because you have to deal with the emotions. And so you can't even say to somebody, oh, get over it, forgive the person, you know, it happened, put it behind you. It's not, it's not going to help you at that point because you have to deal with those emotions. And even when you become a survivor, you may not be ready to forgive because here you're just trying to put your life back together. You're trying to make meaning of your life. You're building that resilience and that strength and that courage that's helping you cope with your new life. And even then, you, you can't really consider forgiveness. But when you move into the next phase, which is thriving, and thriving is when you've got the resilience, uh, when you've got the, the passion and the perseverance and the pers persistence to forge forward into a new reality, and you become, uh, you get some levels of success and you become empowered, now you can consider forgiveness. Mm. Uh, and and really now it's when I so I if I'm working with somebody who's a victim I don't even mention the word forgiveness because they get angry oh, how can I forgive him look what he did to me <laughs> and so you you can't even mention it at that point people don't so forgiveness comes when you are ready yeah and and it comes, you can do it on your own, but it really helps to have somebody who will guide you through the process. Um, for me, for me, uh, 14 years later, I was living outside of South Africa and I was coming back for my first holiday. And for some reason, I decided to contact the prison authorities. The, the rapist had been given a 25-year prison sentence. And in those 14 years, I'd never once inquired after him. Mm. But now, for some reason, I decided to find out. And um, I contacted them and they said his parole hearing was due for the day after I arrived in South Africa, which was such a coincidence. And then in addition, the law had just recently changed, allowing what they call victims of serious crime to attend parole hearings. And so the synchronicity, the universe was speaking to me saying, you got to go. Wow. <laughs> so against, against the advice of family and friends, I decided I'll go. And then one friend said, said to me, well, what are you going to do? Are you, gonna, are you going to support his parole? I said, I don't know. I'm allowed to go, so I'm going. Who cares? You know, I'm just going to figure this one out. And he said to me, no, you've got to forgive. And I thought, what? How can you forgive the unforgivable? And, and that's why I understand how, how you don't want to forgive. Why mm. should you forgive? It's, 
And so I visited Mr. Google and I spent a lot of hours on Mr. Google uh, and I decided to prepare a speech for this guy on forgiveness. And I prepared this long speech, not believing that I would actually forgive, but I prepared it anyway. Mm -hmm. And I went to, uh, being the, I was the first person in South Africa to attend one of these new parole hearings. And they weren't really prepared for me. They weren't quite sure how to deal with me. Um, and I had to go into the prison. Today, they have outside venues for it. <laughs> I had to go into the prison for it. And um, uh, yeah, we went through all the proceedings. And then they said, did I have anything to say? And I said, yes. And I pulled out the speech and I started reading it. And as I was reading it, I thought, oh, this is just academic and it's not talking to me. It definitely won't be talking to him for two reasons. One is English was not his first language. Mm -hmm. And secondly, he only had a grade six education. So this mm -hmm. was just not going to make sense no, so no. I just put down the paper and I just looked him in the eyes and I said um, something to the effect of um, I take I, I compassionately and completely forgive you and I take and I take the responsibility from my higher self and I hand it back to your higher self and I come and I take back my power and as I said it I thought, wow, I actually mean it. <laughs> it was instantaneous. The liberation, the freedom I got at that moment was absolutely instantaneous. The, the authorities said to me, they would tell me in seven days if he got parole or not. And I just looked at them and I said, no, I don't need to know. I don't want to know. Yes. He has nothing to do with me anymore. I'd broken myself so completely free from that individual by forgiving that I didn't walk out of that prison I flew out of that oh prison. that is wonderful that is just it's such divine timing how it happened too and it's just yeah wonderful that you were presented with that opportunity and you were ready to take that opportunity and yeah and go with it because forgiveness seems to be unfathomable you know at certain points along the journey as you say you know you had to have a little bit of trust in yourself with just going through the motions of it without actually knowing what the outcome would be for you in that action but you were yeah. you were blessed weren't you with the, the result but there's, you know, it's about, I, I, I always use the example of gratitude. You know, everybody yeah. now knows about writing the gratitude journal and keeping three tips on gratitude or three reasons you're grateful every day. I say do that with, with forgiveness. Every day, three things that you can forgive yourself for and three things you can forgive others for. So, for example... I burnt the toast, forgive yourself. I pressed the snooze button, forgive yourself. I kicked the dog, forgive yourself. Um, the husband didn't bring the milk home, forgive him. The dog mm. ate your slipper, forgive it. Mm. And if we get used to forgiving, it becomes easier. It becomes I love that. And I think for me, I, I possibly was already in that phase because yeah. I had forgiven my business partner. 
a couple of years later, I contacted him and uh, we met, we had a beer together and I forgave him. So I'd already conditioned myself to forgiving the, the horrible things. Um, and the more you practice it, the easier it becomes. What a wonderful tip, Lois. That is just such a beautiful tip to give to the listeners. That they can just, three little things that they can forgive themselves for and three little things that they can forgive others for. It doesn't have to be the big thing to begin with, but to help us build up that muscle of forgiveness, we can just start forgiving ourselves for some little things and forgive others for some little things too. That's a beautiful, beautiful strategy. And I think it's also a very, very powerful strategy. So I'm really so grateful to you for, for sharing that. I think it's absolutely wonderful. Now we are about out of time, but I just wanted to have you also mention you also have a book that you've got published. So do you want to just mention that and tell the listeners about that book well it's a journal that I started writing the the night that it happened because I was so angry I had every intention of publishing it immediately uh, because the world needed to know that this happens to ordinary people and not only the extreme cases or the desperately poor people I wanted to know that it happened and so I started writing it as a journal with the intention of publishing but over the years, it became it became a wada 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 diary of my life, and so it, it took me twenty four years <laughs> to publish it, um, and I published it only last year, and it's the journey of my healing, and of course, it's changed its format because it's not just a journal it's part journal but I've now built in my healing tips and the, the process so it's, it's a bit of a self-help guide as well Fantastic. so that people can understand how the journey unfolds and we and you can I've got a funny little quiz on how you can measure where you are on the journey um, it's just a fun little quiz to to give you some indication of how far you are on your healing journey. So it's called Walking Without Skin. Um, so it's my vulnerable expression of my journey. Wonderful. Thank you. And would you like to just share your links with the listeners so that they can find you and um, and find your book? Well, it's very easy. Walking Without Skin is my web page and my Facebook page and the name of my book on Amazon. So if you search for Walking Without Skin, you will find me. Wonderful. Wonderful. And I will include those links in the episode notes. So please, listeners, if you need to refer to the episode notes and there'll be links there to take you straight to Lois and straight to her book. So I've really absolutely loved our conversation today and I'm very, very grateful to you for coming onto the podcast, Lois. Thank you so much for being a guest. And thank you so much for having this platform for people to express. And I wish people could see this right now because I always say to everybody, be bold, be brave and fly free oh that's beautiful <laughs> well you've just convinced me i'll have to get this onto youtube <laughs>
<laughs> so thanks very much. It was great. I hope everyone gets something from that. Yeah, I'm sure they will. There's lots and lots to take away from that beautiful conversation that we had. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode as much as I did. I really loved having this conversation with Lois Wagner. She's got a lot of wisdom and um, I just want to go through the top tips from this episode of which there were a few. So here we go. Number one, the first thing to always remember is it's never a victim's fault. Number two, there are different stages on the healing journey. The first is the victim stage where you are filled with blame, anger, hatred, guilt, etc. And then the next stage that you move into is the survivor stage or being in survival mode where you are trying to make meaning of what happened and trying to get your life back together again. Then when you've been through this stage, then you travel into the thriver stage. This is where you start creating a new life for yourself, a deliberately created new life for yourself one that you have envisaged and you step into it and from there sky's the limit okay so the next point is if you are experiencing physical ailments try and listen to your body and see if you can find the underlying message it is trying to show you Physical problems can be an indication that we need to give attention to something else we are missing, that we need or that is missing in our life. So just try and listen to what your body tells you. The next point, this is why it is so essential to deal with your emotions because if you don't the triggers will come back again and again and this points to just you know being mindful of the way that you're feeling and what your body is trying to tell you because when we don't listen to our emotions and process those emotions then um then things can start manifesting in ourselves physically. So it's really important to deal with your emotions every step of the way on your journey. Next point is it is important to sit with your emotions and work out what they are doing to you and what they are doing for you. So this is again an extension of this. So really really be mindful of what you're feeling emotionally okay the next point leading on from that is hate is such a negative emotion and the more we focus on negativity the more of the same we will attract the next point is a wonderful strategy to help reconnect with positive emotions which would which you would like to experience more of in your life is to go through an exercise where you engage your senses and create a vision board of sorts. For example, if you want to experience more happiness, 
You could say happiness looks like sunshine and find a picture of the sun shining. And you could say happiness smells like apple pie and find a picture of an apple pie. And you could say happiness feels like a hug and you could find a picture of two people hugging. And you could say happiness sounds like a babbling brook and find a picture of a babbling brook. And you could say happiness tastes like homemade lemonade. So that's just an example, but all those things could go into a vision board. And when you look on that vision board, that can help you to conjure up that feeling of happiness. And this is, you know, why it's such a great exercise, because it will help you to reconnect with that emotion and with the emotion that you want more of in your life. So give it a go. I think it's a fantastic exercise. The next point is that Lois has developed another acronym, which is BRAVE. And um, this is a teaching method that she uses to help young people learn appropriate behavior. B stands for boundaries. R stands for respecting boundaries, A stands for mutual agreement or consent, V stands for values and vulnerabilities, and E stands for empower yourself and have equality. This is a fantastic acronym and I hope that you write this down and put it somewhere where you can reflect on it often because these um, these things, when you implement them in your life, will be transformative. Okay, the next point, when we hold on to unforgiveness, it bonds us to negative emotions or feelings. When we cannot forgive, we can become weighed down by unforgiveness. And that makes it difficult or more challenging for us to experience more of the emotions that we would like to invite into our lives like happiness. Okay, the next point is it is so important to understand that when you are in victim mode, you are incapable of forgiving because you are still at the first stage of being very reactive to what has happened to you, which is completely understandable. So you're not ready to wrap your head around the concept of forgiving. And then as you move into the next stage of survivor mode, where you are beginning to process what has happened to you, even though you are at this stage, you are again not quite ready to forgive completely because you are still trying to piece your life back together again. So as long as you don't have that stability, it's very difficult again or very challenging for you to fully forgive somebody for something that they've done to cause this huge disruption to your life. Then the next shift, which is this positive shift where you move into a very creative stage in your path is when you move into the thriving stage where you are actively creating a new reality for yourself then this is the time where you are able to forgive but you know at this stage you have stability you've found 
stability again in your life and you are feeling stronger and um and more empowered in your life which makes a huge difference to that ability to show other people grace for the things that they have done to you forgiveness happens when you are ready so Lois when she got to a stage and it took Lois 14 years to get to a stage where she was able to practice that complete and unconditional forgiveness towards her abuser and what she said to him is just so empowered so powerful and I you know if you would like to copy this down and um, use this yourself in your situation for what you've been through Lois said I compassionately and completely forgive you and I take responsibility for my higher self and I hand it back to you to your higher self and I take back my power. So in that moment when she said that, that gave her complete freedom. She was released from any bonds towards her abuser. So it's a very powerful statement and one which you might like to use in your situation when you feel ready. Okay, the next point is the more that we practice forgiveness, the easier it becomes. So try Lois's tip of writing three things that you forgive for yourself for every day and three things you forgive others for every day. This will help you to develop that forgiveness muscle. So just like you would do a gratitude journal, do the same with forgiveness. I think it's an absolutely brilliant um, a brilliant tool to use. So I completely recommend it. And I just want to leave on this point that we can either get bitter or we can get better. So if you want to heal, you want to get better. And holding on to unforgiveness will hold us back from getting better. So I'll leave you with that and I wish you well and I send you lots of love. We all go through dark times. When we do, we often feel alone. This is a safe space for you to come and look for some light. I'm a survivor of an abusive relationship and for a long time I had no voice because I was too scared to speak up and speak out about what was happening to me. I couldn't see a light at the end of the tunnel, but when I turned a corner in my life, the light started filtering through and I left my old life behind. I am here now to help other women feel seen, heard and valued. I'm reaching out with my light shining on you to help you find your way out of the darkness. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. A note of encouragement. If you are struggling with your mental health, please reach out for support with some form of counselling. If you don't know where to start to find a counsellor, a good place to start is to talk with your doctor. 
there are also many online counselling supports available. And a word of advice, if the counsellor is not a good fit for you, try another. And if you need to, try another until you have one that is the right fit for you. Tune in again for the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast, helping women who have been hurt to heal and grow. Hosted by me, Sandy J. This program provides a safe place to work on inner peace and a strong mindset, spells out how to spot the red flags, advises on ways to stay safe and work on effective safety planning, gives tips on how to look after you when things are tough, teaches empowerment strategies, acknowledges life's challenges and explores ways to meet these challenges head on to go from surviving to rising to striving and finally to thriving. The show includes interviews with other survivors who have come out the other side, who share their stories and insights, as well as interviews with therapists and people working in support roles. I am a survivor and I use my experience and skills to help other women like me. Please listen and be uplifted to rise in this safe space where dignity, kindness and compassion are treasured. And don't forget, if you need some support, I am here for you. I don't want any woman to suffer alone in silence. I don't want any woman to feel oppressed and feel that there is no way out. I want you to know that you can turn a corner. I am a life change facilitator. I help women regain control over their lives. You can find me at sandyj.com.au. Hey now, can you just pause a moment before you go? Because I need you to share your light and leave a review. Can you just take a quick minute to leave a review in iTunes to let other women know this is a show they can trust? It would mean the world to me if you could help shine a light for someone who can't see the light at the end of their tunnel. I need you to do this for someone else who needs some support and encouragement. If you like this show, please subscribe and you will automatically be updated with future episodes when they are released. And please share this podcast with anyone you know who it might help. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Sending you lots of love and light and above all else, wishing you well. You are brilliant. Keep shining. Stay safe. Sandy.